Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm yours, Mona, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Um, quite a few games to discuss. Uh, first off, you know, one of the games all Arsenal fans look forward to is the North London derby. We took on um, high-flying Tottenham Hotspurs at White Hart Lane, and Arsenal needed to start showing more grit and get at least a point, you know, to keep a lot of fans' hopes alive for the top four chase. I mean, I, I know you say it was like looked forward to it. <laughs> for me, it was a dreaded fixture because when you look at our sort of form that, or actually lack thereof, and you look at them that are like just eye flying or eye tailing it through the league at the moment, I mean, I really didn't want the, the fixture to, to take place. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I was expecting a bit more of a cautious approach going into the game. But, I mean, I think within the first five minutes, you saw Arsenal, you know, really, it was like, lay it all out there for them to see, like, the style of play. But, I mean, you could see, if you remember now, that the game of last season against Tottenham, where it was also a game like that, where we start so far, like, fast on the front foot. And, I mean, you know, this is the old, old Mourinho ploy. It's been, I mean, he's been using it since he was at Porto, all down the years, at the clubs he's, he's coached. And I mean, in, like, you know, deep down, I'm sure most Gooners also were thinking, you know, we're setting ourselves up for a failure. Yeah, I know. I was like, we, we, we went completely out of the normal Arteta way of a bit of a cautious approach. We like, were like going gung-ho and it yeah. kind of reminds you of those, like one game that springs Two games probably spring to mind. It's it's when we got United in the Champions League mm-hmm. in the, the oh the eight or nine season when we got the semi final and we started that first leg like a house on fire. And also when we played I think Chelsea oh nine ten season where we started like a house on fire. But it's just almost like it's it's it goes too well and then it's almost like a trick up the sleeve yeah. before you know it. If um you know it was I think thirtieth minute when. They in like we on the attack, we end up losing uh possession, and then uh, the minute the ball breaks the other direction, uh, like the way we like we set up so high, uh, Ballerin and, and Tierney and, and, and the midfielders are caught up so high up the pitch, so it almost like leaves the two most vulnerable center backs that we have to you know to face uh, uh you know, almost like this uh, Tottenham squad just pouring men forward. And you know, when, when Son was lining up, and I was thinking to myself. No one is really because look, you needed somebody who was like to jockey him, and you needed yes. somebody to to die, like you know, go in with a sort of tackle at him. But it's like holding back off. Gabriel was not sure whether to you know close in or, or you know keep an eye on Harry Kane because Harry Kane was rushing down the middle, and I mean it allowed Son over enough space and time, and I mean he bent the beauty into the top corner, one old Tottenham. Yeah, no keeper probably could have saved that, and you know. I, it just looked like a goal waiting to happen when you were watching Swan. I, I didn't know he was going to do that. I thought he may have laid it off to somebody else. But you're just watching that attack and you saw and you saw to yourself, this is a goal. So Arsenal, you know, we kick off again for the like after the goal. <laughs> Arsenal turn up the pressure again. And I mean we this time we also grabbing a chunk of the position now. Um and in a way this is the the, the problem that I have with the Arteta setup. It's like you know uh, the way he was doing things, I think the latter part of the season, he was doing the job in that. Now, this time, it's like he's always like being, you know, 
So, so sometimes we have to explain because it's like when we want to be attacking, he's plays cautious. When we want him to be cautious, he's going like, you know, full out. And I mean, not even just attacking, he's going like literally throwing, or everybody's kind of throwing themselves on the line going forward. And I mean, it was like two and throw somewhat in the first half. But I mean, 45th minute again, <laughs> all gets crossed in by Berlin. And I don't know what Aubameyang tried with a sort of acrobatic kick, which he totally <laughs> The ball, of course, breaks. Everybody is in the Spurs off, or just about everybody. It just leaves out two Arsenal players on the on the halfway line. And by the time Spurs break, there is no uh, midfielders. Thomas Party ends up pulling something. So, of course, and I mean, for me, what, what was actually scary with that break, the minute they saw Thomas Party walk off the pitch, I don't know if it was uh, instinctive or Mourinho gesture or something, but then they even threw another man up front and there was some like five going forward. Yeah, it was crazy that 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 yeah. counter attack because you just saw like it was almost like three Arsenal defenders versus yeah. five Tottenham attackers. And I mean, uh, Harry Kane ends up playing a one-two with with Son, and I mean, <laughs> smashing the ball into the roof of the net, two-nil Tottenham. And you just felt the game was done. You know, we've we've, we've come back in the past with Wenger when we were two-nil down against Spurs, you know, to to smash them. But you you just looked at this Arsenal team and you just thought to yourself, my word. Really, again, after all this hype, again, 2-0 down at halftime. And you look at yourself and ask yourself, how the heck is William still on the pitch? Yeah, because, I mean, uh, you, you know, I didn't spoke about it prior to the, 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 the match. But when I still mentioned to you also, this also sort of game where you need legs, you need the runners. He puts in Xhaka, he puts in William. And, I mean... Where you need to say somebody like, uh, say, Maitland Niles or uh, El Nini or whatever, just to keep that sort of movement or pressing yeah. forward. Shaka was never going to do that. I mean, he ended up for the other <laughs> top of the game, like rugby tackling people, <laughs> so on top of people. It was laughable at times. Uh, it was a pathetic performance. For the, for like, you know, first half, we offered really nothing yeah. besides, you know, looking very foolish. And I mean, you know, going into the second half, you're asking yourself, how are they going to come out? Are they going to come out any stronger? And for me, party, you know, I know a lot of people say, how can you just walk off the field? But he was our best player for that first half. If anything was going to happen, it would have been coming through him. Yeah, but I mean, my, like, uh, I mean, I appreciate your, your opinion on it, but I mean, for me, I found it very unprofessional because, I mean, actually, the whole thing was actually like a shitstorm in itself. But I mean, <laughs> when he pulled something, I mean, you know you've played football as well, and I mean I've done coaching and it as well. If you like feel any pull or tweak or whatever, you sit on the pitch. I mean, if, if the river's not not going to pick up, you you know do it a tactical foul or something just to stop the game. Whether it's because I know some people will say yeah, but whatever if or, or, or Tottenham would have played on, you know then you need somebody again doing a jaka there or something, just getting somebody tackled or whatever. Almost like an innocuous tackle, but I mean, you you get uh, you give a foul away or something like that. But I mean, you don't just walk off the pitch because, as I said, the minute you walk off, and I mean, Arteta's trying to get him back on the pitch, they are already exploiting that space as well that, that he just walked off in. And but it just shows probably how soft Arteta is to an extent because I don't think he would have tried that with Simeone. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I mean, I also just found, I mean, as I said, the whole thing was, was I mean, I know the. Uh, party is getting a flack and but I mean for me we have also found a bit Arteta being somewhat unprofessional is like 
the guy is hobbling off already. So, I mean, he just let him stick a dick on the turf, on the, you know, the, the match pitch. But, I mean, he pushes him and then, as part of him, decides to start the sprint again. He, he almost like aggravates at that leg that he's now pulled already. So, as I said, that worked into a whole shit storm there. Yeah, first off, not to want to be desired for, uh, but, you know, going into the second half, could you see anything changing? Look, when Sebios came on, I mean, if that is going to be your save our soul type of guy, I mean, he's always going to do is just end up turning and twisting and turning and, and, and getting you maybe almost like a bit of possession because look, he does. The, the thing where I, I do always give him credit, he can hold up the ball because it's difficult to get the, the ball off him. But, you know, for me, it was also watching us play a team, Wiley, you know, Coyotes. I mean, they were just literally laying off. It's like when they wanted the ball, they would take the ball. When they wanted to, you know, uh, kind of park the bus somewhat, they would almost like let us have the ball because it wasn't something that we were not scrapping and winning the ball. It's like they were giving us the position. And I mean, for me, as an Arsenal fan, uh, it's almost like it felt like a slap in the face also when you see, you know, the, almost like your opponent think that little of you where they actually think, okay, yeah, near the ball because we know you're just going to double and knock the ball about the whole time. Yeah, there was no nothing at all to show that Arsenal were were there to, you know, make a statement or fight to come back into the game. It's almost like they just downed their tools and were like, okay, we're done here. This game seems to complicate it. And uh, we're just going to see the game out because there was just nothing where you can recall and say, wow, we really tested the keeper. You know, I just want to bring up something. I mean, it's something actually I just you know, flicked through the channels last night. I was watching a, a Bundesliga show and... Look, Bayern is somebody, like, they play almost like Spurs at times. It can, sometimes it can get monotonous certain aspects of the game. But, I mean, when they were playing Leipzig last weekend, they sat, like, in two banks of four. And, of course, you know for a fact if it was, like, say, Arsenal, or if it was, say, a team like Dortmund, they're going to try to, you know, almost, like, dazzle the ball, almost, like, through you. And, I mean, like, to try to weave that uh, ball between the two defensive lines, you're going to struggle. But I mean, just watching like Nagel's one at, at Leipzig, just this was now his ploy. What he was doing is he had his playmakers play, you know, almost like number one, see that the, the defenders of Bayern, which is their biggest strength, sit further back because they like bombing down the flanks with the. Yeah. So that was already job one done. So the second one was now to get that, to almost like to break those lines. So what he was doing, he was like getting his midfield three or four knocked the ball almost like in little triangles. And they were actually starting to lure that, the, the... I mean, it was actually amazing to see uh, how they were actually luring the, the one centre-back out of position. They were trying to lure the one central midfielder that was almost like, you know, really camping in the in the, uh, in the the middle of the pitch, luring him also out. And all, all of a sudden, the minute they were luring these, like, one or two players out of Bayern, out of the, the, the natural, you know, park the bus position, they were ending up in filtering the ball in their little pockets now. And all of a sudden, I thought, look, the entire problem, like, sort of solved. Because you've now really disjointed them somewhat. And, and uh, like, the, the other key point, that the, the point I actually tried to make was, get the ball filtering through the players way faster. Then you're gonna... yeah. But this dallying on the ball and knocking, like, I don't know, it's like you watch them and, you know, you as a fan, I'm, I'm sure you as well, I mean, you like the attacking brand of football also. You want us to just pass, move, and like a wave, move forward. But then when you see you see the runners going, and now the guy's going to check back with the ball, 
and he plays a sideway pass or to the, to the back. And it takes all the momentum out of the game, and your opponent is already plugging the gaps that were there. Yes, it's, it's really, it's really bad. I mean, you know, there's not much to 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 say else about it. But we, we it's like we've just continuously playing this sideways, sideways football. And I mean, Tierney ends up in some are carving some sort of chance out, and then I mean, Aubameyang really looks interested in going for the ball. Yes, yeah, it's uh, Aubameyang is really. You know, I know people are saying, you know, he's, he's saved us, you know, countless times in the past few seasons, but it just seems, and it's maybe a coincidence, after the contract, it's almost like, you know, he's, he's hasn't been the same player since then. It's, like I said, it could be coincidence. And so his agent um, posted, uh, I don't know if it was his agent or if it's just something from the, the, the tabloid, but posted this thing of like Aubameyang's stats and Arsenal's chances to create it. He said, if if chances are created, he scores or something like that. So yeah, but there's a whole lot of uh, yeah. But uh, when you like in a rut like we are, you don't always just need that. You also need a, a forward to carve out his own chance at times. You don't. You can't just stand there and and and, and kind of throw a stop at it. Because I mean, for me, the last like five six matches, he's not really you know coming off as a captain because it's all good and well if you. You're gonna go down like in a game. Look, you win some, you lose some. But I mean, if you're not really firing the guys up, and I mean, we're looking for somebody that's gonna, you know, get his shoulders or his sleeves rolled up, and really show he's gonna be, you know, put himself about for the fight. And and yet, funny enough, as bad as he's also playing, but I mean, I've actually seen more bite and fight out of Lacazette because yes. he's trying something. I mean, at times, yeah, he's running a blind alley, but I mean, it's like. What else do you have? Because you've got nobody in midfield going to carve out your, your opportunities. But also, you also have to show your but You know, if things are not going away, you also have to throw your weight to the, to the fight. No, I agree 100%. And I just think Aubameyang's just, uh, his head and heart just doesn't seem there. I don't know if he's going through something personal even, but yeah. So, 17th minute, Mourinho now starts shutting the game down because every time you just see him faltering... You know, certain players now in, and, and I mean, at the end of it, they ended up playing with something like either six or seven defenders and, you know, just plugging the, the last few holes in, in midfield. And I mean, for me, the job was done. And I mean, you could see Arsenal, no, no, matter, no matter how we halved and puffed, there was no getting through that Tottenham line. Yeah, once again, another defeat. You know, it's starting to become a norm. You, you, you don't even know, um, you know, when you're watching Arsenal play, you don't even have that excitement of, you know, we're going to win. We, it's almost like you, you're just thinking, oh, flip, you know, it's, I hope we don't throw this away or whatever. But, I mean, we've only scored, what, one goal in open play since I can't even remember when. I mean, November. No, no, we, wasn't that November game against Man United a penalty? Because mm-hmm. Wolves... No, but, I mean, like, open play was the game at the Emirates, that uh, one game we played against. I'm not sure if it's West Ham or something like that, but it's that far back. She was. And that was the first set of fixtures, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So it's... Oh, it's, it's not looking good. And you know, I mean, there's always becoming a divide now. I mean, on, on oh, some of the... I mean, I think of that Wolves game, we did get the goal there. But I mean, we're just talking of, you know, a goal where it's like, you know, the balls are like filtering through the whole team. It's been a while because it's like everything has just dried up. I mean, there's also nothing he's doing to help cure the, you know, the, where the problem is. 
And I mean, we do see that we do lack serious, serious uh, creativity problems because, like, look, this is something we spoke about last season already. If the goals are going to drive for Bami, what are we going to do with, you know, how the goals are going to be spread around the team? So, I mean, you've got people like Pepe, who's kind of non-existent for majority of the, the season, like with even performances besides the band. And then, I mean, Nketiah, you can't also guarantee into you know, the sort of goals that you're kind of looking for in the league. So, I mean, I don't know where, and I mean, look, Sebeos, he's got one goal start of last season. Uh, you've got, what's it, El Nini has been away, but well, you don't see, you know, much coming from him. He's going to clock up, you know, a good amount of goals, and you also don't see someone like Xhaka clocking up goals as well. So, I mean, I don't know how it's going to go. Uh, it's it's not doing nothing. To... Oh. Yeah, because now we're already down to 15th. And I mean, now all of a sudden we can't look forward that much. Now we have to start looking over our shoulder now. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take a lot to get back on top because, I mean, Spurs is knocking teams aside now. So is Liverpool. I mean, and Liverpool have, a, have had a horrific injury list. But they've showed that, you know, if you sign the right players and you have the right players filtering in from the academy, you know, you can you can play. I mean, look at the youngsters that's playing in Liverpool side that's doing a job in big crunch games. Yeah, I mean, like, I couldn't believe it when, when Wolves played with Ruffling, the exact same team that, that beat us 2-1 at, at the Emirates. And Liverpool wiped them over, what was it, 4-0? 4-0, yes, 4-0. So, I don't know. So, we switch our attention now to last night's Europa League fixture, uh, Dundalk versus Arsenal. Uh, you know, we kind of needed a bit of cheering up. And I mean, I must say this, the team that set out for the Europa League looks more angry. They look more like, they, you know, playing for something and actually showing, you know, really putting on a good show for for people as well to watch. So, I mean, it was an all-round change for Arsenal, last group game. Like already, roughly, you know, going through as winners already. Uh, for me, it was just strange how the Europa League has made us look this formidable now. And then you think of, the you know, like shadow of our side now going to the league games. Yeah, I think it's just the youngsters that have a lot to prove and get the, mm-hmm. um, like to prove themselves. And there's a lot of they have a lot of like you know for the rest of the career. You know, you you play like a, a poor performance now and then you end up um, regretting it. And like you know, you end up filtering down the academy side and then you know where do you play then? So it has to they you know they they're showing their worth, but I think. Arteta needs to give some of them more credit and start filtering them into the Premier League side and almost show the players, you know, if you're not going to perform, I might as well take the risk with um, these youngsters because I think I'd rather than see a hearty performance lose than seeing what I'm seeing now and lose. Yeah. So, I mean, Arsenal side, of course, way more positive but also more disciplined into uh, the Europa League time. Uh, 12 minutes, Eden Ketia then charges a ball down, you know, and through perseverance, he ends up, you know, still bursting through Getting through one on one with the keeper and uh, chips the keeper one or Arsenal. Yeah, that's a typical Nketiah type of goal, man. You see, that's the, I guess, Aubameyang sometimes, the, okay, he has had that moment where he charges down, but I think Nketiah, like on the plus side, that's a good goal he scores because he's a work rate and that's a, and you know, he's, he's, he's putting in the hard yards, but you have to also look, you know, he, that's the type of goals Nketiah only scores only does go, he's not going to dazzle inside, outside and turn the shot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of a pro and con of Nketiah's style of play. You know, a few minutes later, Mustafi then makes an error, like, you know, kind of trade <laughs> And I'd let him Chris Shields, who then 
you know, with all the opportunity, ends up firing over the bar. Uh, 18th minute, El Nene then hits one of that rocket shots into the top corner. Fantastic goal, 2 0 Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, if El Nene could add that to the Premier League, I think uh, that would be a, in a amazing, even more of an amazing goal to score. But it just shows like the difference between Xhaka and El Nene. I'm not saying, you know, the one's faster period than the other. But, you know, even if it come down to the two, you know, you know you, I would rather have on any of the team because he just seems to be offering more. Jayden, you know, I've never been really the biggest on any fan. I mean, he's always been first on my list that, you know, for the exits. But, I mean, when I see the sort of attitude he came with after the loan, and it's not that, like, I mean, if we've watched over enough football already, you would sometimes see that sort of fire or, or you know, that, that desire to come in and really, you know, be in for and fight to, to win the place back. And he's actually done that. And I mean, he's actually, for me, won over because when I, when I see that sort of, you know, especially when you think of you know, the performance that he put out at Old Trafford where yeah. in the 94th minute and he's still busy chasing people down with the ball into like forcing them into errors. And I mean, for me, that is where and how he should be already almost like a first name on the team sheet. They're not Jaka every time because I think the biggest problem with Arteta his favourites, like, you know, the Ballerans, the, the, the Williams. And I mean, I don't want to now be on the old Ballerans thing because I see everybody's now making him like a kind of scapegoat to the problem. But I mean, you've got people like Xhaka that's not throwing their way by. Williams don't have the legs for the uh, the current state of the Premier League. So, I mean, it's these people that are letting him down. And I mean, he keeps on playing them. And then you think someone like El Nini just sits on the bench for a full 90. Uh, then uh, somebody like, like uh, say... Uh, Willock or, or Nelson. He's Nelson, yeah. Like the Niles, even of all people, can't even get a, a slot even on the, the match day squad, the full 18 man squad. Yeah, it's, 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 it's mind boggling at the moment. Yeah, because I mean, for me, that is going to be his biggest letdown because he's putting so much faith in these players that he finds or thinks are the, uh, was not, I wouldn't say the future, but the. It can guide Arsenal back to big things. I don't think it's going to be like it. I think he should have stuck by the blueprint of you let all like youth and, and, and young talent, like, you know, that, that, that early 20s and that, let them take you to that uh, up, layer, that, up the level like that. You can't just bank on people like, like say, Mustafi and that. Because it's not like we, we, we go through, I don't know how many coaches, but we still got the same problem players in there. So who is it, the players or the coaches? Yes, no, that's, that's true. I mean, I, I did a thing where they said with Una Emre, it's the same place that Una Emre down, that's a thing I did it down. So, you know, I, and like I said, I was I was very much not the biggest of Una Emre fans, but you have to look at it as well. You know, when it came to those crunch games, you know, like, I'm not blaming Aubameyang, but that penalty miss against Spurs, you know, he gives that Arsenal top four, the old different complexion. You know, you Emre was also the guy who sets out the team on the field. But I mean, if those aforementioned players or didn't give away silly penalties or stupid decisions that they do all the time, you have to look back and ask yourself, you know, could we have been in the Champions League already if it wasn't for that? And it's we've seen how these players play. It's like they go in a burst to try to impress the manager and then they go into a lull if they don't like how things is going almost. So, you know, back to the game. 22nd minute, uh, Flores and Duffy exchange passes, and Flor- Flores gets fly pass Runison in the Arsenal goal 2 1. Uh, 34th minute, Cedric now for- starts forcing the keeper into a save. I mean, Cedric must have played quite a strong game because he actually looked 
more attacking, but also either also the pace and or the guile to always filter back in time to catch any counters. Uh, 40th minute, as they wait, now it forces Gary Rogers, the Dundalk keeper, into a fantastic save when he tipped away a, a shot hitting the top corner. Yep, two, uh, 2 1 in half time. It's, it's become a recurring theme Arsenal leading uh, in the Europa League and, uh, and making things look quite comfortable. It's only we should be transformed this into the Premier League. Yeah, midway in the second half, Arsenal then make the changes. And Ketia and El Nini came off, and on came Ceballos and Balogun. Cedric then again forces uh, the summer free kick. He forced the keeper into a good save again. I mean, he's actually surprising me at times. I, I just find it strange or weird that he's not also given a bit more time in the Premier League, uh, you know, in the Premier League squad. Because look, he does have over, ex- over enough experience with Southampton. So I just think sometimes he also maybe needs to, uh, you know, kind of nudge Baron off the, the, you know, the right back uh, perch. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I just think it's it's, it's become almost. You were a Europa League team and you were a Premier League team. They've become almost like two separate teams instead of it being, you know, integrated. You know, if, if you don't perform in the Premier League for maybe one or two games, you play in the Europa League or the Carabao Cup to show, you know, you deserve your spot. And it should be like that where if you're not performing two or three games in the Premier League, you get rotated out, give that other guy a chance. Because what's the point of you playing well in the Europa League if you're not going to get selected? Yeah. Um, then uh, 67 minute Willock in 61. Great work from Bellingham. You know, I, I think this is something that, that I, look, I don't like someone's always making direct comparisons to people, but for me at times, he, he has a sort of bold, like, you know, like Drogba would do. Like, he's just like, like yeah. a, just going through people. But I mean, the, the sort of strength that he, he has to like hold up, not only one, I think about two defenders. And then he like, you know, has the, the, the calmness to like lay the ball on the plate for Willock to smash the ball. Yeah, Willock seems to be doing quite well in the Europa League as well every time. So, you know, good on him. And it's like, you know, you just want him to carry these performances onto into the Premier League. Yeah, then 80th minute, Balogun then scores a nice side footer. But I mean, all the credit must also go to Pepe, who literally, you know, dribbled through, I don't know how many people. And, you know, it was like also laid it on the plate for Balogun to place the ball. Yeah, 4-1 Arsenal, and it's like you said, ringing the goals non-stop in the Europa League, but, you know, can't hit the barn door in the Premier League. It just needs to, the performances need to be amalgamated, and I think Berlogan should probably be on the bench, possibly. I think he's, he's, he's almost, I don't want to say, you know, he's better than Nketiah, but it seems like he offers more than Nketiah would in an Arsenal starting eleven. Like, I mean, look, uh, I think the, the, the biggest comparison, <coughs> excuse me, is like, and Ketia is like an opportunist. He waits for that little chances, whereas Balogun is just hustle and bustle forward. Yeah, no, it definitely <laughs> is a guy like that. So Dundalk can end up scoring a, a late consolation. Uh, again, you know, the defense looked a bit shaky there. Uh, Chambers and also banged the goal, but it was ruled offside. I mean, it was a good goal, but I mean, he was about a foot offside. So also Bruce Bruce suit uh, the group stage group stage and now the draws on Monday afternoon for the knockout phase. Let's hope we don't get another Olympiacos like we did the team dropping down from the Champions League. So yeah. let's uh, let's hope it's an easy tie and filter that through because you know I would hate to get the 
AC Milan tag team. I'm not sure if they ended first in the group or Lille did, but um, you know, AC Milan seems up for it, and I think Zlatan would probably punish us. So, you know, I just hope we get the kind of an easy draw, and it's weird to say that, but at this point in time, I think Arsenal can't afford to play a big team yet. I just think if we can catch our, get in our stride, maybe somehow, then maybe, yes, we are able to, you know, take on the best that the Europa League has to offer. Yeah, so now we switch our attention to the game on Sunday, Arsenal versus Burnley, 15th versus 18th. Um, you know, it's becoming a real scrap in the league for, for Arteta because it's like now we're also, you know, lacking the goals and creativity as we now mentioned early on in the podcast. But uh, I just think somehow, you know, I think, I don't know if you said also, you also have to reach a sort of tipping point where, you know, almost like the things just can't go wrong constantly. Like something has to tip, you know, to go our way again. Yeah, definitely. And I'm looking, you know, Arsenal quarter past nine fixture, not the, or quarter past eight, um, time in Europe or quarter past probably seven in uh, UK time but looking at this fixture it's, it's again these late kickoffs and I've almost become you know just dreading these late kickoffs because we've lost everyone at home that we've played so far and I think you know as much as Burnley probably are not going to the best of times I mean I'm mean, sure the coach will be letting them know you know <laughs> if the, if you want to play a team you know away from home it would probably want to be against Arsenal yeah, I mean, look, Burnley now haven't scored in three away games, consecutive away games. And, I mean, goals have become hard for them as well because they've scored five for the whole season. Yeah, I think we've, we haven't also been as good as our, what's our tally at the moment with the goals? Ten only, yeah, right? Yeah. Ten. So, um, they just scored double in Burnley, so I'm predicting probably I, a 2-1. I mean, I, I still think, you know, what, what you kind of touched on early on, Maybe, you know, go with a, a bit more youngsters, even if they're on the bench, but we have some sort of, we have another option going forward. Because I just think at the moment we are almost like we've gone stale with this first 11 or what Arteta finds is he's in a number one 11. And I just think we need maybe to start faltering a bit more, you know, fresh bodies, fresh minds to come in and, and, and really mix and stuff. Because I just think everybody is now red ass by now, like, you know, strengths and weaknesses. <clears throat> I don't think. I mean, if we really want to be serious, I mean, like, you know, from me to you now, and I like the listeners, I still think if we want anything this weekend, Xhaka and Williams should not be starting on, on Sunday, honestly. Yeah, no, no. At least Nelson would add more energy than William. And I think, you know, Alneni should start ahead of Xhaka, and maybe perhaps that's why um, Xhaka, I mean, Alneni usually was taken off at half time. So, so, yeah, maybe. That, that can make a, a difference and shows Arteta's thinking. I'm also now, you know, you know, really shoot my mouth off now up front. But I'm just saying, like, for me, if Arteta, if, if he's going to stick with it, like that, that William and, and that's also like for us to, as fans also to judge now. If he's now going to be adamant and he's going to stick now with William and, and Xhaka to start on Sunday afternoon, or Sunday evening, sorry. Then for me, it's already one nail in that coffin of his Arsenal career as, as uh, manager because, you know, we can't, you know, because at the moment, it's like everybody went on about us or whatever. But at the moment, it's like we as a, as a team, we're carrying our two players now. Yes. Because they're not doing anything. They're not showing, they're not active enough. I mean, <clears throat> look, Obama is almost like a sort of deflection for opponents. So, you know, uh, it's somebody that, that, that could still 
cause damage and if if it, you know if it's really on the money. But I mean for me, I don't see Xhaka holding up with the pace of, of like say a sort of game. Especially when you think of how Vel Aston Villa gave him the run around in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. And it was almost like on a Sunday walk in the forest because he's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know why Reese Nelson is not getting a game or even giving Ainsley Maitland-Niles a shot on, on the wing. Because, I mean, he, he is quite fast. He is a, a relatively decent delivery. So, you know, why not try something new? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have any other talking points. But, I mean, I think we should, that's all the that we, you know, pointers that we had for the, for the podcast. So, if you have anything extra to say or add, I mean, I'm going to, like, you know, end the podcast, you know. No, I'm happy to end it now. Yeah, so guys, take care, stay safe, and I hope, you know, our luck runs our way on Sunday evening. Come on, you gunners. Cheers, guys. Hopefully, we get those three points. We've been saying it every week, but hopefully, this is the week. Cheers, guys.